guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. You know, I spent about 30 years as a syndicated TV news reporter, and for about 15 of those years, I had an annual ritual. Every December, I'd stand on the street with a videographer, I'd stop random people, and I'd ask them three questions. Number one, what percentage do you think stocks will go up or down next year? Number two, what do you think the cost of a barrel of oil will be this time next year? And number three, what do you think housing prices are going to do in the coming year? Now, after we recorded the answers from average folks on the sidewalk, I get answers to the same questions from Wall Street experts. You know, the highly paid prognosticators employed by the biggest financial firms on the planet. (laughs) So who do you think was right more often? Uh, The people. (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and guess. I was just going to say people on the street. No, pe- well, actually, the truth is, and this is true, I, I really did this for 15 years, people who barely knew the stock market or even what it was um, often were more accurate than people who earned seven figures to make predictions on financial the financial markets. So uh, it, this was true a lot of the time. Not all the time. And on balance, the experts probably got it right more often than, than the man on the street, but not very much more often. And really, that should come as no surprise because the world is a complicated place with infinite, infinite variables. Things happen all the time that nobody, even experts, can possibly see coming. Example, COVID-19. But the fact is, so that even though there's no reliable way to predict the future, we got to try. Me, you, experts on Wall Street, we have to try because we need a plan. And we can't plan if we don't at least try to guess what's ahead. And that's what this week's podcast is all about. We're going to try to make some educated guesses about what's ahead for you and your money. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. hey you are you interrupted my my monologue, so let's go ahead and introduce you. Uh, no, sorry, listening. <laughs> that's okay. Sorry, hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> and and you just did it again, okay? L- listening <laughs> and sometimes contributing is our producer and novice investor Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. China's going to own America. And then this week. <laughs> I can see this podcast is going to hell already. And this week, we have a very, very special guest, Joe Saul Sihai of the legendary podcast, Stacking Benjamins. Oh, oh, stop. Keep going. Stop. Keep going. Stop. Keep going. Stop. Keep going. Now, what's amazing, guys, you think I'm just saying this, but I'm not. It just so happens we are fortuitous to have Joe on our podcast today because he knows everything, including including the future. <laughs> This man knows everything. So we're going to talk. We're going to make some predictions about 2022. Mine will be guesses. Joe's will be facts. All facts. <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing but the facts. Yeah. So, so let's start. Oh, yeah. and also, Joe, before we even start, you wrote a book, which is not out yet or just coming out? Coming out uh, December 28th. And it's called Stacked, so, which used to have a different meaning when I was in high school. Your super serious guide to modern money management. Okay. Yes, which you can tell it's super serious with a name like that. Joe is quite the comic. I've been on his podcast before, uh, and he's a very funny guy. And I've read part of your book. It's not out yet, but I got a what was it called? The things they send out before the book's published? Galleys. The advanced copy. Advanced the copy, galley. Okay. Yes. Uh, and and yes. it was excellent. And so I insist that you, as Thank soon you. as this podcast is over, run. Do not walk. Run to your computer and get on Amazon and buy it. And that's why Stacy and I are best friends. Right there. <laughs> One day I'll write a book and then you can pay me back. Okay. Absolutely. So Joe, let, let, start us off here. Uh, what do you think the, now I'm going to ask you specific categories. I, I mean, everybody, all, all of our panel, uh, we're going to talk about where the stock market's going. We're going to talk about where interest rates are going, housing prices, oil prices, stuff like that. But before we do that, how about just a general feeling about how you think 2022 is going to be? 
relative to 2021 or just in general for an investor? Is it going to be a pleasant place? I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a bumpy place, Stacy. I mean, don't you? It, it it just feels already like we, we we're not sure where uh, interest rates are going. Housing markets around the country, we're finally seeing, you know, we're seeing newspapers use the term normalize. We're seeing... <laughs> God, we hate that. Things maybe get back to normal, whatever whatever that means. Um, uh, uh, the crypto world is all, all over the place. Um, you know, SPACs that were hot at the start of the year, this crazy stuff, now are, are the dogs that nobody wants anything to do with them. Like, I feel like we're in the middle of so many different stories. The, the whole crypto story, I mean, all the stuff we're going to talk about, Stacey, I feel like it's all it's all so up in the air that there's, there's no way it can't be a bouncy ride next year. It's going to be so, a bouncy well, ride. Now, but especially, I think, interest rates. It hasn't been the last rates. couple of years, though. I mean, look at 2020, sure. right? But, but, but what I'm hearing yeah. you say, Joe, and tell me if I'm wrong, it's going to be less. It's going to be harder to negotiate than this year was. Is that is that what you're I, saying? I, I total, totally agree. Okay. Okay. Now, Miranda. Totally now, agree. now it's your turn to talk. <laughs> so, what do you think? What do you? What's your general feeling about the year ahead? I mean, I think Joe has it spot on. It's going to be bumpy. I mean, you talk about 2020, but really 2020 had sort of a mini flash crash and then it was just straight up recovery all the way till the end. And then 2021 has been a little bit bumpy here toward the end. Uh, but, you know, we've got supply chain issues. We've got a, a housing market that's probably overheated. We've got, you know, a bunch of people not sure what to do with this whole crypto thing. So, yeah, I think Joe's got a spot on. I think we can expect it to be fair. Fairly, uh, fairly bumpy, fairly bumpy ride. Yeah, and it has been kind of bumpy lately too, right? I mean, like you know what what occurs to me is all these companies with um, ridiculous P, well, not PEs because they don't have E, but you know, companies, <laughs> <laughs> companies, you know what I'm saying? And, and so, right. and all of a sudden, you know, what, what was it? Just uh, th by the way, folks, this is December 9th for those of you listening, and depending on when you're hearing this. But anyway, it's December 9th, and what what's the company where you sign online? Um, but it went down a hundred points in a day. Um, why, why is it eluding me? But I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. But anyway, the point is these stocks that are overvalued are now coming crashing to earth. I mean, I bought, um, uh, Baidu, the Chinese, uh, internet company for 200 yeah. bucks and th thought I stole it, you know, and it went, it went up, it went up to 220 like a day later. And now it's at 150, right. you know, so a lot of, a lot of weird stuff has happened this year. And so, and so what I'm hearing you guys say, again, tell me if this is correct, same type of stuff next year that's going to be up and down and who knows what's happening kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> what do you think, Aaron? <laughs> uh, well, I think uh, the whole market is run on confidence, right? Yeah, sure. And uh, so far, the Fed is like giving us fun words like quantitative easing. You know, there's a good sales term and those got transitories and a good sales term. But I think overall, because it's getting hard to pay your rent, it's getting hard to buy a house, getting hard to have you know, 20% increases in, in car values, um, it's getting more expensive to shop at the grocery store. I think uh, the consumers are going to have a little lower confidence next year. So I think between 20 and 2021, consumers have learned to live with less and say, hey, I can save. No, savings accounts are up, skyrocket. You know, everybody's got money in hand, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to spend if they don't have the confidence coming out of this year, they're going to say, you know what? I can hold off some more. And if they don't spend any money, well, profits are going to drop. And and then the whole thing's going to just go because everything's propped up by uh, printing money. Was, was that There's a technical real. term you just used? Yeah. I, it sounded very technical <laughs> to me. 
And by the way, you at your, when you began speaking, you said you did say that the market depends on confidence, right? Not competence. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that is certainly lacking in many places. Well, well, but that's funny you say that, Stacey, because, you know, Charlie Munger just said, the famous investor just said that he thinks it's crazier than it was in 2000. You know, the big uh, the big Internet run up, Internet 1.0 that just got killed between 2000 and 2002. And I've, I'm seeing so much ridiculousness on on the Internet. So Aaron talks about confidence, you know, and about customers struggling to buy stuff. I mean, we're at the point, again, where sometimes these PE ratios don't, you, you talked about PE ratios, they don't matter. Yeah. They don't matter. I look at, I, I saw somebody who supposedly is fantastic at investing stocks just two days ago, said on Twitter, said, you should buy these three stocks for the long term. You shouldn't be playing these meme stocks. You should buy Shopify, NVIDIA, and Microsoft because those are phenomenal stocks for the long term. And I'm like... Shopify has only been public for just a couple of years, number one. So that's not a stock for the long term. Number two and number three, Microsoft and NVIDIA. If you owned either one of those companies from 2000 to 2014, you were still underwater if you bought it in 2000. You had to hold this thing for 14 years. So stock for the long term? I'm just seeing this craziness all over That's the place. That's really interesting. And so there's this huge disconnect between between consumer, not consumer, investor confidence. Confidence. Investors seem very confident that they're going to make a killing right now. <laughs> I feel like everybody thinks they're just going to make well, a yeah. killing. Yeah. And and yeah. And then you look at the numbers of the behind these companies, and you're like, what's supporting this? Well, yeah, and well, let's not forget that like a lot of this has been uh, propped up by. Uh, printing money, dumping into the system, and then low interest rates. And a lot of these companies, instead of making new products and and uh, reaping the rewards of, of those kind of profits, they've actually used low interest rate loans to do stock buybacks, which has artificially increased right. the stock prices. So the whole thing is garbage. Oh, by the way, you guys, DocuSign is the company I was groping for a minute ago. DocuSign. points last week in one day. Um, yeah, I mean, Robinhood's not doing super great either right no, now. <laughs> no. Well, like I said, you know, and, and we've been screaming this uh, every week, Joe, on our podcast is that it, you got to stick with the companies that have actual earnings and earnings growth, you know, um, uh, otherwise you're, you can't buy these things that are that are trading at 300 times sales and because you're going to have your head handed yeah. to you. And speaking of which, that expression. <laughs> All through my career, which is 40 years long, com you know, talking about being a stockbroker and, and commenting on television, um, I, I tell people, and it's so simple, as soon as people think that trees grow to the sky, as soon as they mistake rising tides for their own intellect, then you're just about to have your hat handed to you. If you think you can't lose, you are just about to lose big. And that is true in the housing market, and it's true in the it's true in uh, it, crypto, and it's true in stocks. I will guarantee you, when people are confident that there's nowhere to go but up, there's nowhere to go but down. That's been my experience, and it's extensive. Well, look at the Friday after Thanksgiving when the uh, the pajama traders that have been created out of you know the, the uh, 2020 when the recession happened. Now everybody stayed home, started becoming traders. There's a bunch of influencers on YouTube. It was teaching everybody how to become traders. Friday happened, and all of those guys dropped the market. Yep. Because their confidence is low. I, I like that pajama trader yeah. term. I'm, I, I guess I'm a, that makes me a boxer <laughs> I, trader, I think. I, I th well, and I think part of the problem, too, is, right, everybody's very excited about these new fun things, and and people get in without really knowing about it. I mean, I, I, I talked about this not too long ago, how in 2017, toward the end of 2017, I was in 
a lift and my lift driver was like is you know and he's like what do you do well i write about money on the internet he's like oh well what do you think about bitcoin is now the time to get in and i'm like no when my lift driver is asking me when now yep. is the time to get in it's all over and we're done here it's, and i keep and i yes. keep getting people asking me oh well what cryptos should i invest in i'm like well so I wrote a whole thing about like, cause I do invest in some crypto and I wrote a whole thing about like, here's how I choose my crypto. And then I made sure at several points throughout this, this piece is like, this should not be your retirement. This should be money. You're just like messing around with, and you should not expect to be a millionaire off of this. Like you should be fitting. You should know where it fits in your portfolio. And that's everything, right? That's how like, that's real estate, like whether you're, you're like Aaron and do, do rental properties, whether you're like me and mostly index, like you should know what is the point of my portfolio? What are we doing here? And where do these each of these investments fit in, uh, rather than just like trying to trying to make it big and make it big fast? Joe, we'll, we'll let you get a word in edgewise now. Go ahead. What were you going to say? <laughs> no, I was just, well, I, was, I was laughing about two things. Uh, b uh, but the first one, Miranda talking about, Uber, you know, her Uber driver giving her, g giving her well, tips. Well, no, asking for in tips. In 1999, <laughs> or yeah, asking for tips, tips, right. Well, when they start giving you tips, then, you know, we're clearly at the end. But they, <laughs> you know, here's how I, here's how I do it. But the, 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 the big thing that this just reminds me of was 1999. I was a financial planner for 16 years. Um, and during that time in 99, I got fired by a client because their portfolio only did 47%. Oh my God, really? 47%, but they weren't keeping up with their friends who were doubling their money because everything was pets.com. Yeah. You know, they were in all the internet stocks and we got really crazy and kept a diversified portfolio and only did 47%. And I think it was within six weeks of me getting fired that, you know, that's when the, that's when the uh, bottom started falling out. Yeah. And the other thing I had was, you know, Miranda earlier mentioned Robin Hood. I got a joke <laughs> for you guys. What, what, what? How many, how many data breaches does it take before Robinhood investors finally get smart and stop using that platform? <laughs> like many? I literally signed up. <laughs> oh wait, I don't even know. Oh, is that a joke? I, I didn't even know that was, oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't a joke. That's real life. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, well, I mean, we, we all know that last year we reached the point where there is no such thing as satire anymore. So it's fine. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. Another data breach, what, last week oh, or gosh. two weeks ago from Robinhood? And everybody, no, I don't care. Hey, stop picking on Robinhood. Yeah. And you know, um, what is it? Coinbase, too, Joe. Uh, we, we talked about that on this podcast, too. I, I, have, I bought stuff in Coinbase before. Uh, and then I also have an account with Interactive Brokers, and and they got some outside company to do their crypto transactions. So I bought I bought an Ether at at um, Coinbase, and I bought one at, um, at Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charged me five dollars. Coinbase charged me fifty on a four thousand dollar <laughs> transaction, and, and I'm like. Does, am I the only one noticing this? Because no one's talking about it at all. And Coinbase is, you know, three hundred dollars a share and going up. And you know, what's her face, the Ark Fund, Kathy Wood loves it, and blah blah blah. I'm like, but yes. they're ripping people off. I mean, does anyone care? No, you know what the big? No, 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 Stacy, you don't understand. The big problem is, is that your your ETF is charging you 0 0.07 versus the other one that's charging you 0 0.04. That's where you're really getting ripped yeah. off. Yeah. It's yeah, it's amazing. But you know, you know what you guys? We're going to get into some specifics uh, and tell some more no, jokes. But I think first, Kathy I is like charging really you point seven. What's that, Aaron? I think Kathy's actually <laughs> charging you point seven. 
point seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, but listen, Highway Robbery. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to come right. back over this break, and I'm going to ask you guys specifics on every single part of our economy, and I want not just good answers. I want damn correct answers, and I mean it. We're going to be right back after this, folks. Okay, we are back, and now here we are with a pop quiz. Not really a pop quiz because you, you guys knew about this weeks in advance, but um, I'm going to ask you like different, I want, I want, as specific as you could get on different areas of the economy. Okay, so we're talking about 2022. What is the stock market going to do in 2022, Joe? Stock market's going to do... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it uh, stock market still up, but it's gonna be a little less than normal. I'll I'll give it seven percent. Okay. Good answer, Miranda. Oh my gosh, look at you! Uh, I think stock market is gonna have a bit of a bumpy start, but probably end higher. Um, I'd put it six to seven percent. I mean, I think what we gotta watch out for, right, is uh, is twenty twenty three, right? That's that's where that's where things. Yeah, I are think that's probably true. Real. Okay, Aaron. Uh, well, I read that article about Bill Connolly in uh, Forbes magazine, and he predicted, yeah, twenty twenty three is going to be bad, but twenty twenty two is going to be kind of flat. I think everything's happened faster than it than everybody's predicted. Transitories happen faster. Everything's happened faster. COVID happens faster. So I, I think uh, it may happen faster. I think we might have a problem maybe at the end of 2022. By the way, I'll, I'll give you guys a, a hint. I want you to watch for this when you look at predictions. The folks at home and, and our other panelists, I told you we've done this for 15 years, uh, gone to Wall Street experts and asked them where the market's going. Every year, 8%. Check, see if I'm lying. When you start looking at your predictions, you'll see. You know why? Because the market's averaged 8%. And so, you know, one year, I mean, over 100 years, you know, that's the average, 8 9%. That's what they'll say every single time. These guys are getting paid millions of dollars to make predictions. They're all going to say 8 or 9%. And sometimes the market will go down 30%, and sometimes it'll be up 30%, and they said 8 And correct me if I'm wrong. You'll, you'll see. Here's what I think is going to happen. And I'm going to get a little far afield here, but I, I think that uh, I was listening to Goldman Sachs podcast, which is really good, as a matter of fact, if you guys want to check that out. It's, it's kind of technical. I mean, you'll kind of, your mind will start to wander because they're kind of boring sounding, but it's got some good info in it. And I think Goldman Sachs is among the smartest, have, you know, they corralled about the smartest people on the planet. Anyway, they're looking for about 4.5% of global GDP growth in 2022. Now, th they think that most of the bo boost from reopening the economy is behind us. Uh, also, now here and here's the key: the fiscal fiscal policy, which has been a tailwind, is going to become a headwind. Uh, in other words, they're going to start raising interest rates. Uh, Goldman thinks, and I've read this other places too, that um, the taper program will probably end in March. It was it was uh, supposed to end in June, but they're going to speed it up. They're supposed to be buying 15 billion uh, a, a month. I'm sorry, they're cutting it by 15 billion a month. Uh, their purchases of bonds, but they're going to make that $30 billion. So that, that whole tapering program is going to be over in, in the spring. And then in June, they think they're going to start raising rates. And there may be three, uh, three rate hikes next, next year. Now, that's, as we've discussed on this podcast many times before, rising rates can hurt stocks for multiple reasons. More expensive for companies to borrow money. And also, uh, when it rates are higher, then people can find an alternative to stocks that have, may have less risk and still pays a decent return. So people will leave the stock market. So do you, do you guys agree basically with those sorts of thoughts or do you disagree with them? Yeah, I, I'm. <laughs> well, I, I mean, okay. So I think China's doing something smart. So remember the Evergrande issue that China's going through? Yes, yes. Okay, so China just said, we're not going to bail them out. Like here in America, we're like, oh, poor company. Let's give them a bunch of money. Uh, China says we're not doing that. We're going to let the markets figure this out. 
Yeah, uh, but then, isn't yeah, that but, smart? Wouldn't that be considered smart in in in, uh, in the way a capitalist well, society no, should work? Well, here's the thing, Aaron. This is this is really an important point too. Um, that the the government only bails out companies when they present a systemic risk, theoretically at least. Uh, so, in other words, what what China is essentially saying is this is an isolated incident that will not be a systemic risk. And when I say systemic risk, what I mean is if you've got a company that's going bankrupt and a whole bunch of other companies have invested heavily in it, that's what I mean by systemic risk, because you could then have ripples that go throughout the whole economy and drag down the entire economy. Now, this Evergrande company is a big company, but I, but what I'm reading, at least, is they've isolated enough so that it won't bring down the whole Chinese economy, and that's why they'll allow it to fail. And the same thing should occur uh, on this side of the world as well. Make sense? All right, makes sense. It uh, just but, seems like there's some American companies that we could have done that with, too. But, yeah, well, it's it's yeah. rare for the government I, to to prop up a company. What somebody was going to say something? I don't think there's back to interest rates. I don't think there's any way that we don't see we, we don't see inflation continuing. I mean, there's there there has to be another shoe that drops when you when you hand out as much money as the government handed out. And by the way, that's not an indictment on what they did. I don't know that. I totally agree with people who said you were going to support these people one way or another, right? right you were going right. to support all people one way or another. So you can either support them by by helping them now, or you're going to end up with a lot of people who are going to need tons of help later. So I'm, I'm not faulting anybody when I say that, uh, that there's going to be another shoe that drops or it's dropping now. But there definitely is. Inflation has to happen. And now with the, you know, the great resignation, and we can talk about all the reasons for that, but I, but, but, but I also think there's this little bit of a power transfer happening, you know, where, where workers are going, yeah, I don't think so. I've had wage stagnation for the last X number of years. I'm not standing for that anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play bigger, bigger here. So yeah, I think- like the new union. Yeah, yeah. Like all of a sudden, everybody got this collective conscience, Aaron, and said, "Nope, I am, I am doing more." So I, I, I think there's no way that the inflation monster doesn't hit, and I think the only the only weapon that we have to fight inflation is higher interest rates. So, and I think the lesson there for all of us is. If, if you haven't gotten your debt house in order yet, right, if you spent all of these last years saying, I, I don't know, I don't know, I, I the clock is definitely ticking. You got to get your debt cleaned up, get long term fixed interest rates on all your debt, because uh, because that's a 2022 theme, I think that it, interest rate raises are here. Are you specifically talking to the government that just raised the debt ceiling to $30 trillion? Yeah. Right. 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 Well, you know, right. Uh, but, but, and most of the things that I've been reading, uh, they're relatively sanguine, uh, which you can expect from Wall Street firms. This is another point I want to make, too. It's very rare for Wall Street firms to tell you the market's going to fall uh, because they don't want the market to fall, and they don't want you to think the market's going to fall. So you have to take with a grain of salt the Wall Street estimates that you read. But as I was saying... What, what most of what I've read is the the Wall Wall Street folks are relatively saying when they're like oh you know seven percent eight percent next year you know a little a little straight rises won't hurt anything, but but they all say this though there are two things that are wild cards one of those is COVID obviously because COVID could bring down the economy uh, if it wants to depending on what kind of the strain we're dealing with and the other is inflation and that's why I mentioned that Joe because what's what Joe was just talking about inflation is a wild card. Because, you know, some people are saying, and I agree with this, that the supply chain issues are probably going to be resolved. Maybe not, you know, next week, but, you know, within the year. And that's part of the reason we're having this inflation. But, as, and this is going back to what you said, Joe, I think that there's the wage inflation 
it, if that gets out of control, then that could that could mean an overall inflation and higher costs on everything, which could also destroy the economy. Not destroy, but certainly bring it down a peg. Yeah, slow it down. Yeah. So, but so, what's your guess on inflation? Like, if you had to say a number, and I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, by the way, I'll tell you that Goldman Sachs said they expect about two percent uh, average for inflation. In other words, it's going to come back down a lot. I think that's crazy. You think it's going to be way higher than that? <laughs> I I think that is nuts. I think uh, I do think we're going to see higher than that. And I know that Goldman Sachs has more data that they look at in an hour than I can probably consume all year. And they've got plenty of machines helping them that I don't have access to. But I still think that is nuts. There's no way, no way we're at 2%. Well, to be fair, too, I'll tell you, Joe, why they said that. They gave they gave three reasons. One, supply chain issues subsiding, which I just mentioned. Two, okay, weaker yeah. spending on durable goods. Uh, and three, mm-hmm. lack of government stimulus, which you also mentioned, right? No government stimulus next year yeah. means you know less money sloshing around to spend. So they said that may bring down inflation. But I want to I want to reiterate though, they also said the risk is to the upside. In other words, if we're going to be wrong, it's going to be because we're too low. <laughs> and so and they they made it, they made it very clear they're not they're not pounding the desk on this. You know th- that's yeah, their I'll estimate. go for I'll go for double I'll go for double their numbers. Yeah, yeah, I'd say four to five percent. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. This year is a really weird outlier because inflation was so low last year. So a year over year inflation for this year looks uh, really huge because of like the way things went down um, last year because of covid. So it's like so this year looks a little bit weird. But I, I agree that we're still going to see some inflation. We're still going to see those things happening. And I'm super glad that I went ahead and bought my new car with low cost financing this year. <laughs> yeah, we, we won't we won't argue that point yet again. <laughs> I should tell people, Stacey, why I believe what I believe, because because I also have this long background of of being fairly pessimistic, because as a former recovering financial planner, I (laughs) always plan for the worst and 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 hope for the best. But I think if I'm planning, it is far safer to plan that inflation's going to suck, like the moves that you'd make. I think are way safer than if you expect this rosy outlook from inflation. I think if you invest like inflation is going to be low, there's poten- huge potential risk there versus, you know what, things are going to go bonkers the other way, I think is a is a safer thing for Joe, me to do. Joe, you're a brother from another mother because I'm exactly the same way. I also <laughs> was, a, was a stockbroker, financial planner, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and my parents were depressionary babies, you know, and I'm, I'm afraid of everything. I think, in fact, I have literally said to myself, over the years, I I need to do the opposite of what I think. I mean, I, I've owned Apple and I've sold two thirds of it. What I have left is worth almost a million dollars. And I wanted to sell it 50 right. times. You know, I'm always afraid, you know, this is it. I, I'm going to lose everything, you know, so and I'm 66, you know, and I've, I've written I've, I've written this market bubble really well. I mean, really high, you know, and I'm afraid of giving it back. Yeah, I really am. And I'm, you know, sure. and, and I think it, it, it does, I'm not going to say the end is nigh. <laughs> because I, I've been so wrong so many times about that. Uh, but it, I'm feeling pretty nervous. You know, and like I said, I think it, when the interest rates start going up, I, I think we could see a market that comes down. 
Well, but we think about, Stacy, what guys like you and I do and people that think the way that we do. And I know that Miranda's on this train from all of our time spent <laughs> together. That, 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 that what you don't do is go sell everything. Mm. What you do is you, you stay diversified, right? You keep a diversified portfolio. You rebalance the portfolio. And that rebalancing automatically has you buy things that are lower and selling things that are higher. So I think, um, you know, and using modern portfolio theory, I think is 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 your answer to that because otherwise you got to gamble and i mean listen to us disagreeing with goldman sachs yeah i think charlie munger's right on again i think i think the craziness is here and and we don't know so so the way to protect yourself i think is to just stay diversified i don't think it's all, all doom and gloom either i think there's a couple of good things on the horizon and that is the uh, we all know that a lot of this came about because of covid covid just disrupted the whole economy and mRNA research globally, you know, all these scientists combined started researching mRNA, and it's been a tour de force. I mean, it, they even got to the point where it might even wipe out HIV. So uh, even though there's a lot of anti-vaxxers out there and stuff like that, I think we're kind of coming to a point where we're getting more uh, comfortable with this concept of this type of flu being around in society, and eventually it's going to weed itself out, but I also think we might just beat this thing. Yeah, well, I think lo lockdowns are almost definitely over. I mean, I don't know about where you guys all live, but here, I mean, I'm in South Florida, like nothing ever happened. Well, I mean, you can go, right, I was can go gonna, to a crowd of thousands yeah. of people. No, you can't find a mask. I mean, nobody just cares. Even though a thousand people a day are still dying in the United States, everyone's acting like there's nothing going on at all. Right. I also think that's what's got yeah. confidence down because even with the uh, Omicron that came out, I mean, instantly I saw people running around wearing masks. You know, so I, I think it's still pretty much a scare out there and uh, it's still got a way to work out. I think the other thing that's going to be, it's going to happen. I think our dependence on China is, is starting to, uh, we're starting to change that. We're going to say, you know, hey, let's get our materials from America. Let's source out other countries for, for raw materials and, and things. And I think that's going to play well going forward as well. That's, not, that's probably not inaccurate. And you know what else? That could also be inflationary because the reason we're in China mm -hmm. in the first place is because they're making stuff cheaper. You start making it here, it's going to cost more. But okay, before we run out of time, and I knew we would. Uh, actually, Joe, let me ask you a question. I own um, NVIDIA. I bought it in March of 2020. I put in $10,000. I bought 50 shares. It was $200 a share. Um, and now it's worth 60000 Okay, so that's one year I made fifty grand. Knowing what we know, would you advise me to sell, hold, I, buy more? I never... <laughs> I I never advise people to just <laughs> out and out sell. What I would do, I would definitely place a stop loss, right? I would I would completely put a floor on it and and I would keep riding because we don't know how high it's going to really go. And I would do a trade. Well, yeah, I would do a trailing stop loss and definitely and, and and you look at companies like Nvidia, you know something I'm waiting for Stacy is 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 I'm waiting for the Xbox Series X, which as you know you can't get, right? No, I and actually there's didn't nothing that, that I well, so, <laughs> there's nothing I like there's nothing I like thinking about more than hanging out playing video games. Like I think hanging out playing video games is a great time. I never get to do it, but I definitely think about it quite a bit and I know the supply chain stuff has hit the the even the game consoles and Nvidia powers those. So I think as we get supply chain stuff, I I think Nvidia, I think Nvidia stays pretty yeah, strong. I, I, that's like that's a, I hate getting rid of it, but it's but you talk about a stock with a high PE. It's got one. Oh, monster. Yeah, then you have to, yeah, yeah. And the other thing you have to think about with Nvidia is one of the reasons why they're they're struggling to keep up with demand for for their for their products is because the graphics cards are being used by crypto miners. Right. 
Uh, so, so these things are being used by crypto miners. And it's funny because uh, downstairs, um, my son and two of his friends who are subletting from me, um, uh, two of them are in arguments right now because my son is like, I just, I can't get a graphics card to upgrade my computer. And part yeah. of the reason he can't get the graphics card to upgrade his computer is because like in the room over, his friend is like set up a mining rig. <laughs> and he had Jeez. managed to get a whole bunch of cards um, earlier this year. And now my son can't find any cards. And so that's like been kind of a source of contention. And actually, that, that's a great transition because I want to talk next about crypto. But before I do, I need to I need Fantastic. to go back on a statement I made, which was that Joe and I are brothers from another mother. Because now that he know, now I know he plays video games, we are definitely not related at all. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about, I threaten to play video games a lot. I rarely get to play. I, I used but, to play. I used to play I, more. Croft, I mean, talking 20 years ago, you know, yes. but I, and I got it. I've got yeah. a thing sitting in my living room, but uh, PlayStation 2, I think, or whatever. But anyway, I just don't play it anymore. I, I you know what I do? VR, yeah. I do that sometimes. Do you ever do that, Joe? Oh, a good friend of mine does that. It's really yes. fun. Loves their Oculus, loves yeah, it. I can see, and we've we've had a we've had a show on um, what's it gonna uh, metaverse, uh, but you know, I, I can see that happening. One of the worst names ever, yeah. Did, did you throw up in your mouth a little bit when you said you know, metaverse? There, there's, a, there's a stock I have and a company I hate. <laughs> I think Facebook, I really think Facebook single-handedly is destroying their, our society. Oh. Uh, I think they have, you know, to a great extent. Horrible. But I do own the stock and I made a lot of money on it. <laughs> because obviously I don't care about people, I care about profits. Okay, now before we run out of time, which we already did, but screw it. Um <laughs> Crypto. Okay, tell me what you guys think is going to happen to crypto. Now, this is a great place to just wildly speculate because nobody knows. But let, let me get your advice. No, let, let's let's call Bitcoin, I, which is now what around fifty grand. Where, where's Bitcoin going to be? Uh, let year? me let me pull it up here because let, let's look at Miranda's oh. portfolio, Miranda's crypto portfolio, which. I don't know what the prices are going to be, Stacy. But while Miranda's pulling that up, I can tell you directionally. I think where we're going completely. Where? I think that twenty twenty two is the year when when we talk a little less about crypto and much more about central bank digital currency. Mm -hmm. I think Good that point. is coming. I think this fantasy of government intervention is over. The SEC's arguing about it right I now. I agree. I think that we're finally going to see this central bank digital currency, you know, the Chinese way of doing it, yep, right? Yep. Crypto's outlawed. I think I think we're going to see that uh, uh, higher adoption. I also think on the NFT front, which I find incredibly exciting, I think it's no longer going to be about crazy pixelated, uh, you know, uh, uh, memes or, or, or paintings or right. pictures or whatever they are. I think it's going to be much more about proof of ownership. And I, I, I get pretty excited about that, about all of the things that NFTs can prove that you own. Well, that's own. true with crypto in general, um, right? I mean, the blockchain. Yeah, absolutely. Ownership. The whole blockchain. Yeah, I think we're going to see NFTs go from this wild and crazy beanie baby crap we're doing now to much more widespread use where you and I will have NFTs for many but of the where, things where, that we okay, own. But where does this place us in the in the universe of crypto, though? I mean, we, okay, let, let me ask you first. If the United States develops its own digital currency like china's just about to does that destroy the market for bitcoin or does it enhance it uh yeah. i think 
I think Bitcoin personally, I think Bitcoin destroys itself because it's too slow. It isn't, it isn't, it truly isn't competitive. It's kind of like, you know, the version 1.0. Uh, but so I think Ethereum uh, uh, definitely uh, overtakes Bitcoin. I think there's potentially other coins that, uh, that we'll see overtake, uh, overtake Bitcoin. I personally own Ethereum, but I think I, I own a little Bitcoin, but almost all of Ethereum. And I've been buying that since day one. Not that I have a ton because I think it's just as risky as it could possibly be. Can I ask you guys a question? Is there any blockchain coin out there that has an insurance on it, like an FTIC? No, FDIC insurance. No, yeah. you okay. Know, you so, know the answer to that already. So, so okay, exactly. So here, here's here's a very simple uh, thing. So if I want to exchange money with Stacy or send him like ten bucks, I go to my FDIC insured bank. It probably passes through Venmo or PayPal, sends it over to Stacy through his whatever thing, and goes into his insured bank. Right. Right. Now. DeFi, the idea of Bitcoin, is simply saying you are your own bank. Your wallet is a bank. So now Aaron Bank in, in digital currency and cryptocurrency, I can now send my crypto directly to Stacy to his bank. Right. Right. But neither one of those banks are FDIC insured. The only insurance there is how good your password is. Yeah, well, that's true. And a, and a lot of the common consumers don't understand this about crypto. And so I don't see how anybody can get on this, this bandwagon until like like Joel was saying, where it has to come somewhere where it's backed up so that you don't lose all your money from some hacker. Well, that is true. And I think, and I think that could be coming too. I think it's, they're going to make more safe ways to store. I, you know what? I have no clue on where crypto is going to go. In fact, I let, think let's do this, you guys, all, all three of you guys. Yeah. Okay. Up, down or sideways crypto in general next year. You don't have to give me a price up, <laughs> down or sideways, Joe. Up. Miranda. Uh, I think... I think up to sideways. I think we're going to see it go up, but also I think that we're going to see some calming out as, as we start to think about, okay. I mean, a lot of the time when I talk to people about like choosing cryptocurrencies, if they're really super into it, is I say, look at that use case. And, you know, what Joe said about Bitcoin, like that there's barely a use case for it at this point, other than like a payment yeah. system. And there's some things like Lightning well, store Network. Of value. Right, or store of value, store of value. But there's things like Lightning Network that can like speed it up and it doesn't have to be super slow and blah 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 but the reality of the situation is is the things that interest me and that have me excited or those underlying use cases, the smart contracts, right? Like you right. could do real estate transactions using like these applications on the Ethereum blockchain and you get your your NFT with your, your real estate deed when you complete the transaction, right? right. I mean, Makes yeah, so, much so sense. It's, it's, it's easy, those kinds of things. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting to me is one called Solana, which I think we talked about in one of our investing catch-up, mm -hmm. you know, mid-month things that I was buying into uh, because it is... Uh, more energy efficient and more sustainable. And it's also faster than Ethereum. And it is, tri they're trying to build out their own sort of uh, smart contracts, NFTs, those kinds of things. Um, whether or not they beat out Ethereum, who knows? There's something to be said for being first to the market and being so well known. Who knows? Uh, so, so it's really, so, so to me, it'll be interesting to see which things sort of drop off, which things gain some presence. I mean, there's some there's some thought that like, okay, well, Decentraland and its mana, which is once again built on the Ethereum blockchain, it's a it's a derivative of that. Um, you know, well, if, if the metaverse is something that happens, if we're moving to Web3, well, something like that could take off, right? Because you'll need the tokens to engage in this world. Uh, but that digital dollar, right? What happens when the digital dollar gets in there? Yeah, um, I, I wonder and do about we that. Need, do we need these payment systems if the U.S. is doing its own blockchain? Yeah, that's a good question. But it's still, gonna, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's going to be interesting. You know, it's funny because all of us, to see. We, we could not be more well-read on this topic and none of us know. And by the I way- I would really me, like to see Shiba Inu, though, hit 25 cents. So pump that up and then I can be a crypto millionaire and no, uh, it'd, be happen, it'd be oh, amazing. No, that's not going to happen, By the way, just <laughs> so you know, I asked I, for a one-word answer. Bump and dump. I, I, asked, I said, Miranda, up, down, or sideways. That was 20 minutes ago. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Stacy, though, I got to say, since we're way off course, though, you know, you talk about how well-read we are about this. I just found out recently there's a big difference between a hot wallet and a hot pocket. Oh. Like, those are two oh different gosh, things. Wow. I, I, am, I am familiar with hot pockets. Yes, delicious. But a hot wallet apparently is Do not. Be careful, because, so. Joe, you could end up eating your crypto if you're not careful. <laughs> oh, so I wanted to tell you guys this, this is amusing. So I'm looking for just before we got just before we got in the air, I was looking for you know um, estimates on crypto for 2022. Bitcoin, actually, I looked up, and so I'm on cryptonews.com. And remember, I was telling you guys earlier, what you guys, meaning the people listening, be careful, take with a grain of salt. You hear the stuff you hear from Wall Street because they're not going to tell you the market's going down almost never. Um, so and now crypto, this takes it to a whole new level. Let me give you some estimates from CryptoNews.com. I expect a sharp increase in 2022, $140,000 a coin. It's now 47000 Okay, so 100000 I think it's going to Okay, here's another one. I believe in $250,000 for Bitcoin by the end of 2022. And a third one. I think 2022 will be the year Bitcoin reaches $500,000. Oh, <laughs> you, you think these guys might own some Bitcoin? <laughs> Is this crypto news or crypto crypto fanboynews.com? Sheep. Yeah, I'm gonna sh I'm gonna sell it short if you mention that one more time. <laughs> you can't okay, sell you know, what you don't have. <laughs> that, that is absolutely true, and I do not have that. And I don't even know where to find it. It's not at the seven eleven, I know. Okay, so anyway. But the hot pocket is the hot, <laughs> the hot pocket is. There you at go. The That's but my, and I don't even carry a wallet, so I don't know what to do about that. Is there such a thing as a crypto clip? Because I carry a money clip. I don't okay, know. Okay, so anyway, now that we've gone from the uh, to, into the ridiculousness, let, let us go ahead and close this before it gets even worse. No, that was a really that was really good though. And I, I think I got all the questions answered that I had, but unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, we're never out of topic, though, guys. So dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is MoneyTalksNews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Markwit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And, of course, you want to visit Joe at StackingBenjamins.com, StackingBenjamins.com, and you have to buy his book. I mean, really, as soon as this podcast is over, you have to buy his book, and it is called Stacked. If you got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, we would like to hear about it. Email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one last thing, if you appreciate what we do, do something for us. Subscribe to this podcast. Unsubscribe from Joe's podcast and subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> it's going to take you two seconds, but it's really going to help us. So if you like it, show us and subscribe. I'm Stacy Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. Aliens Invented Crypto. <laughs> I'm Joe Saul Seahide. Yeah, we sure appreciate you being here. All you folks, too. We'll see you right here next time.